just start. Don't overthink it. If you're worried about what the first thing is to do or the best thing to do or how to do something, just start. Just pick one thing. Just start. And you'll start picking up momentum. The Thinking Yourself into Exponential Results series on the podcast comes to you every Saturday morning and takes what we discuss in the Morning Mindset Club, compiles it into one easy to access recording and gives you some killer bonus content at the end that's not to be missed and only available here. So let's dive right in. Good morning and welcome to another great day with the Morning Mindset Club. I'm Amira Alvarez and let's dive into number four in the major, uh, the 30 major causes of failure. Number four is insufficient education. Now before you freak out about this, listen up. This is a handicap which may be overcome with comparative ease. Experience has proven that the best educated people are often those who are known as self-made or self-educated. It takes more than a college degree to make one a person of education. Any person who is educated is one who has learned to get whatever he wants in life without violating the rights of others. Let's read that one again because that is worth its weight in gold. Any person who is educated is one who has learned to get whatever he wants in life without violating the rights of others. Do you know how to do that? If you don't, you must learn. I'd be happy to teach you. Education consists not so much of knowledge, but of knowledge effectively and persistently applied. So again, we've spoken about this before. It's not just knowledge for the sake of knowledge. There are people out there who get one certification, one degree after another. They, they get their high school degree, they get their BA, they, then they get their MA, then they get a PhD, then they get another certification. Then they have to learn this skill and then this skill and this, then this skill. They love learning. I love learning too. But that is not going to create wealth in your life. You must apply what you're learning to problems that need solving that people are willing to pay for the solution to. Men are not mere, are not paid merely for what they know, but more particularly for what they do with what they know. What are you doing with what you know? Have you applied it? Maybe it would behoove you to take a look at everything you've studied in your life. Take five minutes and write down everything that you've studied. If you don't remember everything, that's fine. And then ask yourself, am I using that? Am I applying that? Am I, am I putting it to work in my business, in my career? Am I using it to solve problems? How could I use it to solve problems? There's money already nascent, ready to grow, ready to be birthed in the knowledge that you already have. Now, I am a full proponent in education. I'm constantly learning. I'm constantly growing my knowledge. But I'm not doing that at the expense of taking action. I'm not putting the growth of my business on hold 
until I have every last certification or I finished learning X, Y, and Z. I do it concurrently and so must you. So how can you take what you've already learned to date and put it to use in your career or your business? Good morning and welcome to another great day with the Morning Mindset Club. I'm Amira Alvarez and we are on number five of the 30 major causes of failure. And this one you must listen up on. Pay attention. Lack of self-discipline. Oh God, guys, this is huge. Discipline comes through self-control. This means that one must control all negative qualities. Before you can control conditions conditions that are outside of yourself, you must first control yourself. Self-mastery is the hardest job you will ever tackle. If you do not conquer yourself, you will be conquered by self. You may see at one and the same time both your best friend and your greatest enemy by stepping in front of the mirror. Okay, you must discipline yourself. So what do you have to do here? So let's take a look at what he says. This means that one must control all negative qualities. Okay, so the next step that you have to take is without going into a negative spin or down a rabbit hole, but very um, neutrally, emotionally neutrally, write out a list of all your negative qualities. I bite my nails, I wake up late, I don't make my bed, I interrupt people, I'm always late. Um, I never finish projects, I never finish projects at time, on time, I slur my words, whatever it is, okay? And make a list of everything you don't particularly think are good qualities that you have. We all have them. So make a list. And then you can do one of two things. You can put them in order of priority, or if your brain starts spinning out on like, well, which do I need to do first? And you start going into confusion, Stop that and just pick the first one to work on and spend the next 30 days committing to changing that one quality in yourself. So let's say it's being late to meetings. You stop that. You, you make that the one thing that you're changing. I had to do that last one recently. I was always trying to fit in one last thing and it was causing me to be late to my meetings with my team and I realized I didn't like that quality in myself, that it was disrespectful to my team and, and their, uh, their time and it was manipulative and, and uh, BS that I wasn't interested in and no one was complaining, but I didn't like that in myself. So I decided I was always gonna be early or on time to meetings with my team. And it's taken me some concentrated effort to make that change. I wasn't perfect right out of the gate. It was a bad habit of mine, but I was committed to changing it. And you can do the same thing. You can pick each quality and focus on that and do it for 30 days. If you break it, like, oops, I messed up today, you start on day one again. This is called the commitment challenge. It's something that I've done with uh, clients and, and folks in the um, Facebook group that we have, the Be Unstoppable Facebook group that we have. And it's a brilliant idea if I do say so myself, but you have to start again. If you mess up one day, 
you start on day one again and you do it until you've done 30 days straight without exception. And this is how you build trust in yourself, build self-discipline, know that you're good to your word and change the qualities that are negative into positive qualities one at a time. If you decide you're going to change all of them at once, you're going to set yourself up for failure. Don't do that. Pick one. So what's the one thing that you're going to change today starting now? Let's do this thing. Okay? Let me know. I'd love to hear. Good morning and welcome to another great day with the Morning Mindset Club. We are covering the 30 major causes of failure and we are on point number six, ill health. That is so absolutely true. Health is a foundational, fundamental, essential piece in success. If you do not feel good, you will not show up at your best doing and activating and being the best self that you can be living up to your potential. You will feel like your energy is sapped and going towards solving your health problems. So it's absolutely critical. Hill says, no person may enjoy outstanding success without good health. Many of the causes of ill health are subject to mastery and control. These in the main are overeating of foods not conducive to health, wrong habits of thought giving expression to negatives, wrong use of and overindulgence in sex, lack of proper physical exercise, an inadequate supply of fresh air due to improper breathing. Now, some of these may seem obvious and standard and um, completely recognizable to you. And for some of you, some may be a little uh, quizzical as it was for me. What does he mean by, for instance, wrong use of and overindulgence in sex? So like many things in life, it's not a one size fits all, uh, very blanket statement kind of thing. I think that you have to look at this with the energy behind which your sexual expression is coming from. Is it coming from fear of not being enough, fear of being alone, fear of being abandoned, fear of any number of things that might cause you to be addicted to sex or be someone who uses sex in a way that isn't conducive to your highest and best life where it's using up your energy rather than giving you energy. So I don't want you to take this as an anti-sex point here. Sex is life-giving. It's where, you know, human beings come from. It's creative energy. It's the male and the female essences coming together in creativity. Even if you're having a same-sex relationship, the idea of, um, coming together, the the two essences, uh, two different people coming together to create something more magnificent is very, very fabulous. So don't think of it as anti-sex. Now, some of these other things have been around for a while and you've probably known them all your lives, like overeating of foods not conducive to health. Most of us know that if we eat only cookies, we're probably going to feel sick to our stomach. Um, And that's not going to do us any long-term benefit. So you're going to want to look at 
what foods you're, you're, you're overeating that might not be conducive to your health. And, and I would actually, instead of going through each and every point here, well, maybe I will, what I would like you to recognize is that we can think, oh my God, I have to do all of this. I have to uh, change my diet, change my thinking, uh, get more exercise and start some breathing routine where I'm getting lots of fresh air and really oxygenating my myself. And we, we try and do everything all at once. And that can be a recipe for success. I have uh, a love of the, the quote-unquote full court press, meaning like you go, go full court, you go all at it. But you may want to do it with one element because these days it's it's we have tons of information. You might be overwhelmed by trying to figure out which foods suit you. You might have food sensitivities that you need to work out, all sorts of things. And you're, you, I would advise you to take one thing at a time and address it so that you really uh, improve your health and do it consistently without taking your eye off of the ball, but incrementally and, and quickly. So you're, you're hitting all of these things, but you're not uh, trying to do everything at once and overwhelming yourself and then um, reverting back to your old habits because you just can't keep up. Okay, so that's what I've got for you today. Rock it out. Oh, your thing. Pick one thing to improve. Pick one thing in this list. So we have eating, we have thinking, we have sex, we have physical exercise and proper breathing. Which of those are you going to look at addressing today? If your health is not um, at peak performance, what do you need to do to raise your level of health if it's not one of these five things? A quick heads up. If you're loving this material, you can access the full success and wealth consciousness program we have to help you achieve your big financial goals and life dreams for free at theunstoppablewoman.com slash mindset club. You will have access to daily trainings and mindset practices to help you stay focused, clear, and in action. So go get it at theunstoppablewoman.com slash mindset club. Unfavorable environmental influences during childhood. That's number seven in Hill's list of the 30 major causes of failure. He goes on to say, as the twig is bent, so shall the tree grow. Most people who have criminal tendencies acquire them as the result of bad environment and improper associates during childhood. So yes, your upbringing matters. It has a huge influence on what you see as possible, what you think is right and and good in this world, what your belief structure is, where you get your self-image, where you get your value structure, what activates you, what, what do you say yes to, what you say no to, all sorts of things. And sure enough, we can go to the extreme and, and discuss how uh, your, your upbringing uh, in childhood would lead to criminal activity. But I'm going to assume that for for many of you that's not the the issue that's at play here that there are other issues like it's not afraid it's not okay to ask for what you want you might be afraid of visibility you might be afraid of rejection you might be afraid 
of saying exactly what's on your mind. You might be afraid of being alone in this world and that causes you to limit yourself or to show up in ways that are at counter purposes to what you want because it requires that you move beyond these limiting beliefs. So childhood is absolutely a huge impact, but we don't want to feel trapped by that. I spent many years of my life blaming my childhood for the emotional experiences and thus the the way I was showing up in the world. And that is not a position of creativity or agency in this world. That's a position of victimhood. So you want to acknowledge and do, when I finally started to do the deep work to unpack what was causing from my childhood the, the ways I was showing up, recognizing my blind spots and taking different action, things really started taking off for me. So it's not that you want to ignore it and it's not that you want to blame it. Neither of those two things work. But if you show up um, fully, 100% personally responsible for unpacking the things that are driving you that are not uh, to your liking, functional to get you the results that you want, and you take 100% personal responsibility now in your life, then you're set on a different course. So that's the environment from the past. Now, what about the environment right now? You also have to look at what environment you are in currently. Who, Who do you spend the most time with? Who's in your environment? Do they have a growth mindset? Are they going for more? Are they going after their success? Are they committed to their best life? Do they have a positive attitude? Do they continue to better their best? Do they continue to step forward? If the people in your life are not conducive to growth, meaning they are not showing up that way, they are influencing you and you must make a decision there. Sometimes those are hard decisions. It's super important. What is your work environment like if you go into an office or you're part of a you know a team? Is it conducive to your your best life to growth or are there toxic people there? Is the physical environment where you work beautiful? Does it lift you up? That's so important. Is your home environment beautiful? But fundamentally, although space and and Physical beauty is so important to our sense of worth and possibility in this world. I want you to look primarily at the people that you are surrounding yourself with because it matters. There's an adage that says you're the sum total of the five people you spend the most time with. Think about that. Are they on the trajectory that you want to be on? And this is where having a mentor, and yes, you might see this as an underhanded pitch, and, and you could, but it's the truth. Having a mentor who's light years ahead of you, who can hold you to a higher standard and will not come down to your standard, but says, here, this is the environment you need to put yourself in. These are the, this is the thinking framework that you must have. That's a type of environment is so essential. Being in a mastermind where there are other women who are Killing it, slaying, going for more, showing up in their truth and vulnerability, showing up in their wisdom, but consistently in their growth. That is huge for your ability to step forward as well. Otherwise, if you're around a bunch of slackers, 
you're going to be the best slacker there is, right? That's the, that's the standard. So who are you surrounding yourself with? Good morning and welcome to another great day with the Morning Mindset Club. We are on number eight, procrastination in the 30 major causes of failure. So this is a big one. This is one of the most common causes of failure. Old man procrastination stands within the shadow of every human being, waiting his opportunity to spoil one's chances of success. Most of us go through life as failures because we are waiting for the, quote, time to be right, end quote, to start doing something worthwhile. Do not wait. The time will never be just right. Start where you stand and work with whatever tools you may have at your command and better tools will be found as you go along. This is so important. I often say to my clients, close the gap on time. They'll say, I'll do that next week. I'll do that after I do this. I'll do that when the stars align. And I'm always like, how about today? How about right now? How about after this call? How about just sending the text? How about just making the phone call? How about just putting that on your schedule when you have the time, right? Like, let's do it tomorrow at four and then get it done. Okay, it doesn't always have to be instant, though that is one of the most powerful tools for closing the gap on time is doing the thing as soon as you think about doing the thing and you don't put it off thinking that you have to be perfect or that the stars have to align or everything has to be just right for you to do something. Just do it and you'll get in the habit of doing it. Just start. Emerson said, you'll get the energy to do the thing when you do the thing. Okay. Just start. Don't overthink it. If you're, if you're worried about what the first thing is to do or the best thing to do or how to do something, just start. Just pick one thing. Just start. And you'll start picking up momentum. So if you today are procrastinating about something, and as Hill says, this is one of the most common causes of failure. And he says, it stands within the shadow of every human being. So don't feel like you're alone with this idea of procrastination, okay, with this experience of procrastination. Don't feel like you're alone, but do something about it. Be the one who isn't stopped by it. Be the one that says, oh, I recognize that and I'm going to do it anyways. I'm going to get into action. I'm just going to start. Number nine in the 30 major causes of failure, lack of persistence. Such a big one, guys. Pay attention here. Hill says, most of us are good starters, but poor finishers of everything we begin. Moreover, people are prone to give up at the first signs of defeat. There is no substitute for persistence. In fact, he has a whole chapter on persistence. The person who makes persistence his watchword discovers that old man failure finally becomes tired and makes his departure. Failure cannot cope with persistence. I just want you to let that sink in. Failure cannot cope with persistence. Stay persistent. Do not give up. Now here's the thing. Here's the nuance here. What are you being persistent about with? There are so many things in our lives that 
we're curious about, that we want to do, that we're engaged in, that we have high hopes for, that, that seem like great ideas. And yet, if we were persistent with all of them, we wouldn't, we would be completely overwhelmed. There, there isn't enough time in the day. So you must go back to your true desire, what you really, really want to achieve and think, is this thing that's right in front of me what's going to lead me to what I want? And oftentimes it's not. So we need to not be persistent about it. Here's a really somewhat silly, but I hope it helps example for you. I used to think, I used to start all sorts of craft projects. I used to think that I wanted to learn how to sew. I wanted to be able to make furniture. I had a romantic idea of being someone who was good at those things. But the truth was, that's not where my genius lies. Yes, I could have committed to any one of those particular crafts or art forms and iterated on it, practiced, got better and better at it so that it became second nature to me and and fundamentally um, I was excellent at it. But the truth was that that was not part of my purpose in life. That was not part of my genius in life. If I wanted to use it as a way of relaxing or doing something, shifting my energy, doing something different, sure enough that would would have been fine. But I was not quite frankly, good at sewing or any crafts. Have you heard of craft fail? That was me. I I would be the classic craft fail. I would start these projects that I saw amazing people do on Pinterest and then I would just, you know, bomb at it. And if I had stayed persistent with that, I would have, I would have um, taken my eye off the ball for what was really the truth of my passion and my purpose. So you have to be discerning here. Ultimately, I learned that, you know, crafts was was not my my thing and that I could shift my energy and do other things um, in a different way and that the place where I needed to stay in persistence was around what was going to help me achieve my purpose. So for you, a great question to ask is what am I pursuing right now that does not serve my purpose and I no longer need to push the persistence button, if you will, on? And what is aligned with my purpose that I really need to up my game on and stay persistent with? Number 10 in the 30 major causes of failure is negative personality. There is no hope of success for the person who repels people through a negative personality. Success comes through the application of power and power is attained through the cooperative efforts of other people. A negative personality will not induce cooperation. So, so, so important. And here's the rub, guys. If you're already listening to this, you probably have a growth mindset. You probably think you have a pretty good positive outlook on the world. I want you to better your best. I know that for me, I thought I was a pretty optimistic person, that I had a can-do attitude, and that 
the times that I was complaining or the times that I was negative were, were just small little blips on the screen and really didn't take up that much space. When I started looking at this, I recognized how wrong I was on that front, that there was so much in my day-to-day way of being that perhaps other people didn't hear audibly but because it was just the thinking in my own head, but was actually being communicated through my energy, through my attitude, through my behavior that they picked up on. And quite frankly, sometimes it was overt complaining. So one thing that you can do to improve your personality is to recognize when you are in a negative headspace, when you are complaining about the world, judging the world, saying it's not right, saying it shouldn't be the way it is, uh, being disappointed in experiences, other people, how things happened, you might take that as a norm. Disappointment is one of those things people take as a norm. They they have an experience and they're like, oh, that wasn't what I expected. That was, you know, I'm, I'm disappointed. It's not so good. That is bringing your energy down. Now, it is fine to articulate um, that that you have higher expectations or that you wish something to be different and, and go about problem solving it and, and setting the course for something better for yourself. But if you're just constantly emoting that, you've got to look at whether this is how you get your attention in this world, whether this is how you get your um sense of uh, self. You, you, you might want it from love and you might want it from great things, but you'll take complaining, bitching, moaning, being disappointed as a way of getting that attention hit from others. This is not going to give you success. Clean that up right now. Great exercise is just to look at where you're complaining throughout the day. You can put a rubber band on your wrist and snap it every time you complain just to make an articulation, a recognition of it. You can do a number of different things to bring consciousness to it. You can write it down. You can make a little uh, note check mark every time you complain and just see the number of times throughout the day. It could be disappointment. It could be any number of nuanced angles to complaints, but take a look at that. And what if you just didn't do that? For the bonus content of this episode, I want to go back to something I said earlier around the environment you put yourself in, specifically the people with whom you associate. And you have to, if you want different results, you must grow, you must stretch yourself. And one of the ways we limit ourselves is by normalizing our standards. And if you are, say, the biggest fish in the smallest pond, you will think that you are doing so exceedingly well, which is not a bad concept to have, a self-image to have. But if you put yourself in a different environment and you are now a small fish in a big pond, you will see that 
there are higher standards out there. There are people who are doing more, being more, expressing more, uh, sharing more, having a bigger impact, thinking at a higher level, loving at a higher level. And you will recognize that you have that capacity as well. You have that potential as well, but you've never tapped into it because a lower standard was normalized for you. So there's two ways that a lower standard is normalized for you. One, you're the biggest fish in the smallest pond, so you're doing great compared to everyone else around you. But if you compared yourself to someone who was further ahead in the same arena that you you play in or even a different arena that you play in, you would realize that you have more potential to tap into and you would be able to raise your game if you saw it as a positive challenge to grow. And the second way that we get normalized is if we're the same as everyone else in our environment, meaning if we are with a certain group of people and they are all playing at the same level, they all have the same problems, they all have the same attitudes, they all have the same beliefs, they all have the same uh, desires then you will be trapped feeling like that is normal, like that is okay. And yet there's this inside feeling saying, wait, isn't there more to life? Isn't there more that I want? This seems lacking in some way. And I don't mean to say here, so please don't misinterpret me, that this is a value judgment on the people that you're associating with. We're not saying that these people are good or bad or better or worse. That's not what we're saying. We're saying that they have a set of beliefs and they take certain actions that give them certain results that limit what you see as normal and acceptable. And if you, let's just take the idea of always feeling strapped for money or Um, never having enough or working for the weekend or uh, not wanting to take risks. These are all things. Think about the backyard barbecue. Think about the uh, conversations that you have with the moms in your mom's group. Whatever it is, the people that you associate with have a certain set of norms, of ideas, and a way of thinking. And those might be trapping you. So you want to expose yourself to a wider variety of ideas coming from a wider, excuse me, a wider variety of people. And that might be looking at people who are ahead of you in the same arena that you're playing in or people who are brilliant in different arenas. Say, if you are more of a logic engineer planner type associating with artists, creatives, empaths. And if you're an artist, a creative and empath to be with people who are quick starts and logic driven and uh, planners and executors and business minded or money, uh, money have a, a money mindset that's different than yours that grows you. All of this is super important for your more life directive, for you to grow into more in this here one life that we have to live. So 
what I leave with leave you with today is who are you associating with and do you need to up your game in that arena and start joining participating meeting people who stretch you and grow you at a higher and different level okay with that I'm Amira Alvarez rock it out and be unstoppable hey are you loving this material we'd love to know Join our Be Unstoppable Facebook group where we go live answering your questions and sharing even more material to help you step forward powerfully in your business and your life. Go to theunstoppablewoman.com slash Facebook group. When you get there, leave us a comment or ask us a question. We'd love to hear from you. See you in the group and rock it out and be unstoppable. Be unstoppable.